You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The U.N. Climate Summit in Madrid that began more than two weeks ago with high hopes for tackling climate change has ended with no agreement on regulating global carbon emissions. The BBC's Matt McGrath is in Madrid. He reports on the compromise that emerged from overtime negotiations that went on deep into the night. There have been a big sticking point as the countries came here to try to agree a timetable and to get agreement that every country would put a new pledge on the table by the end of next year. That seemed easy to do, but in practice it turned out to be very difficult. A lot of countries objected to having to put new and better plans on the table, including India, China, the US, Brazil and several others. Anyway, after two nights of talks, they have finally reached a compromise. All countries will be required to do better plans in the future, but the richer countries will have to show that in the period up to 2020, they've really taken action. The violence during protests in Beirut this weekend is being called some of the worst since demonstrations began two months ago. Lebanese security forces fired rubber bullets and used tear gas and water water cannon during clashes that lasted for hours and brought the city's downtown area to a standstill. Dozens are reported injured. Lebanon state-run news agency says the offices of two major political parties were set on fire today. In Hong Kong, small groups of anti-government protesters have been clashing with police in shopping malls. Today's demonstrations come as 
leader Carrie Lam is in Beijing. She is to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping tomorrow. President Trump tweeted overnight about New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew. He is a freshman Democrat from New Jersey who is believed to be planning to switch parties and become a Republican as the House moves to hold a vote this week on whether to impeach the president. Van Drew is among the House Democrats who represent districts Trump carried in 2016. In New Jersey last night, family members remembered one of the people killed in an attack on a kosher market last Tuesday. NPR's Jeff Brady reports Douglas Rodriguez was an employee at the store. During the memorial service, a staff person for Senator Bob Menendez gave Douglas Rodriguez's wife a folded U.S. flag that flew over the Capitol. She unfolded it, held it up near her husband's coffin, and sobbed. Rodriguez's 11-year-old daughter, Amy, spoke as an interpreter translated her words into Spanish for the family and friends gathered. I want to thank God for all the years that he gave me. Rodriguez's family says he will be buried in his native Ecuador. Authorities say the shooters appear to have been motivated by a hatred for Jews and police. Jeff Rady, NPR News, Jersey City. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. The resolution is amended as ordered reported favorably to the House. Members will have two days to submit views. The resolution will be reported as a single amendment in the nature of a substitute. Without objection, staff is authorized to make technical and conforming changes. Without objection, Mr. the committee Chairman, is adjourned. Mr. Chairman, pursuant to what purpose does the gentleman seek recognition? Pursuant to Clause 2L of Rule 11, I give notice of intent to file dissenting views. Notice is heard. Without objection, the committee is adjourned. And there you have it. History has been made. The House Judiciary Committee this morning voting along party lines 23 uh, to 7, 17 in both instances and the two articles impeachment against Donald Trump. Tonight there are calls for a special prosecutor to investigate former Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. Friends of a lawyer who disappeared four days ago in Atlanta are asking for help to find him. Demetrius Allen was last seen at 10 ATL Lounge with some friends on Friday. But what we saw yesterday in that committee hearing, what we saw yesterday brought up by Matt Gates, uh, unfortunately from Florida, was really a low, low moment. It was shameful. It was personal. And I think it was... We have a clip, so we're going to see it so that you all can enjoy it. I don't want to make light of anybody's substance abuse issues. I know the president's working real hard to solve those throughout the country, but it's a little hard to believe that Burisma hired Hunter Biden to resolve their international disputes when he could not resolve his own dispute with Hertz rental car over leaving cocaine and a crack pipe in the car. The pot calling the kettle black is not something that we should do. I don't know. I don't know what members, if any, have had any problems with substance abuse, been busted in uh, DUI, uh, I don't know. But if I did, I wouldn't raise it. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell. 
Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is December 15th, exactly 10 days from our Savior's birthday. That's what you believe. And uh, welcome to the serious side. Appreciate you hanging out with us on a beautiful Sunday morning, but as always, I never share the stage with you by myself. Uh, I'm Jay Ryle. I should have introduced myself, but the guy already introduced me, so you know who I be, just in case you're a first-time listener. Hi, I'm Jay, but I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the biz. First, my big sis, she's an avid MSNBC watcher in CNN watcher, and she's also one of the best people you will ever want to know and meet and be associated with. And I tell you what, she gobbles this stuff and she breathes this stuff, and she brings it to you in her unique way with that southern twang. Let's bring her in, the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jen. Can you hear me okay? Yes, hear you well. Sound like you're under the weather. I'm but in the middle of the ocean, so that's why I wasn't asking. <laughs> oh my God! Look at you, vacation, and look where she is, folks. Tell me that's not dedication. The love she has for our listening audience. <laughs> or is it a situation you just want to just want to run your mouth and talk about what's going on in the world today? <laughs> or both. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, listen. Glad you that you're here. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Today. Well, I tell you what, you're going to have to do this more often because, you know, you're traveling the world, around the world in 60 days. You and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. That's what the retirement life we brings are, you, yeah, folks. Look at it. We are. It's a good thing. Glad we that are. you are we here. Thank you, Let's Jay. Let's spend some time talking about that as well. Thank you for taking some time out of your time off and uh, hanging out with me and hanging out with our listeners. We appreciate you, and I know they do. The man who gets the mm-hmm. first and last word here on the serious side, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, all, good all morning. our listeners. And, and uh, you know, thank you for being here this morning, Vanessa. That means a lot to all of us. Thank you. I love y'all. Yeah, love really, me, really, really means Most a lot definitely. to me because I mean, though, I have to hang out with this dude. I'm not anything that can put a buffer between he and I. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason for that is Johnny D. He's under the weather this morning, so hopefully he'll check in and maybe he'll return back to his original title, title the official text of the show. And of course, you all know that uh, Mr. Jerome Spree usually joins us. After his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. Our number is 347 has been the same number for the past 10 years. Hasn't changed. You know how to get in contact with us. If you are bashful or shy, you don't want to come in and talk to us. You can also hang out in our world-famous chat room and, uh, and face the wrath of Mr. Elias if you say something crazy. Or you can just uh, kind of hang out on social media uh, websites that we monitor throughout the show. There's a lot that I monitor throughout the show, so hey, I can't give them all to you. So just hang out, and uh, if they're good, we'll read them during the chatterbox section. Big show, a lot talking, a lot going on. Uh, a lot happened this past week, I should say. Let me give you the rundown. Impeachment. The House has passed articles of impeachment for Donald J. Trump. This clears the way for them to impeach this president. So what happens next? We'll talk about that in about 30 seconds. Your thoughts, please. This is the last edition of YTP of the year. 
And if you're not familiar with YTV, it's when we try to tackle as many stories as we can within a 30-minute segment. That's always a challenge, but it's also fun. Plus, it also gets us to expand some of the talking points of the morning. And last but certainly not least, Biden, we have a problem. Hunter Biden continues to be a potential problem for the former VP. This morning, we're going to play we're going to play campaign managers, and we're going to offer some campaign advice for Joe Biden. When he's asked this question about Hunter Biden, if you were Joe Biden, what would you say to the reporters? It should be a little bit fun. So that's coming up next. Well, that's coming up in about 90 minutes or so. But until then, it is time to get it going. Once again, appreciate you hanging out. And before we get into it real quick, um, Vanessa, are you ready for Christmas? Uh, okay, yeah, because... that means no. <laughs> oh, you're not buying anybody. Uh, yeah, Okay, well, there it is. We said, we're we're yeah, not getting back until two days before Christmas. Oh, no, we get back oh. Saturday, next Saturday, so I'll be on the show. Oh, we're done. the last show, Jay? Uh, no, this, we have one more show, show before Christmas. Okay, no, we have a yeah, we have one more show before Christmas, and then we usually have an end of year finale, and you know we're gonna have to look at our schedule, but we usually do that at the end of the year. So uh, depending on where New Year's falling, well, I'll take a look at the schedule. This is the end of an era, Jay. This is the end of an mean? era. I mean, it's like we're going into a whole new decade. I mean, this is a trip. We're getting old. Wow, that's true. We're going into. A, you're right. We're going into a whole new yeah. decade. Uh, yeah, this will be what our third because we started in 2009 and then we went. Well, you know, I guess you can't count 2009, but we did start, and so then it went to you know to the, to the teens, and now we're going into the 20s. Ooh, man! Uh, look, I have a lot to say. I can keep talking until my mouth fall out. So anyway, we'll we'll talk about all that coming up next. It's the serious side. It's the Jay Ryle Show. Well, the serious edition of the Jay Ryle Show. But anyway, let's get into this conversation because now. History is also history is also made on Capitol Hill. Donald John Trump, the House passed articles of impeachment, which means that this clears the way for them to impeach this president, which a vote should be held here real soon. And so, Mr. Elias, let's just start right there, man. What are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, what do you think of the significance of this? This is probably, you know, during our lifetimes, the, the third president has been that has been impeached. We were around when Nixon, even though we probably weren't paying attention to politics, but we definitely were in tune during the Clinton years. And now Donald John Trump is just a matter of days of being impeached. Give me your thoughts on that, my brother. It's, it's not a surprise. The surprise would be if the Senate gets him out of office. That would be the big surprise. You know, I... Like like the uh, the, the uh, newscaster said, they've just regurgitated what we already know. We already know that this guy asked for foreign help from a leader, from, uh, asked to investigate an American citizen. And, you know, his, his base is going to follow him no matter what he does, how he does it, whenever he does it. So it's not a shock that he's getting impeached. It's not. It's not. It wasn't a shock to me. If, it, it would have been a shock if he didn't get impeached. The bottom line, you know, uh, President Obama wore a tan suit and they talked about impeaching him. This man has asked for foreign help over and over and over again. Before he became president, he asked Russia to look into Hillary Clinton's emails. Then he said uh, he asked the president of Ukraine to do it. Then he asked China to dip, dip into, our, into our democracy. 
I don't understand what is the why are why are we having this issue with what he's doing is wrong. I don't get it. It, it, it befuddles me. Well, so now, Vanessa, your thoughts on this thing. Uh, this guys he's going to be impeached. And despite what, you know, the, the face, the public face that they try to put on, Vanessa, uh, you know, sources closer to, the, closer to the president said he is not happy. The fact that his name will always be a part, he will be, a, he will be the member of an infamous club, presidents who will have been impeached. Uh, what do you have to say about this? Well, he always wanted to be special and stand out and be different. Well, now he is because he's part of that, that impeachment club, so he got what he wanted, you know. But, you know, I let me tell you what got my goat this week was when the first lady wanted to comment on um, the congressperson who made uh, a comparison with uh, Barron was not trying to pick on that child. It just like that when she said it and she apologized but for number 45 to sit there and talk about this little girl who won the cover of the Time magazine mm-hmm. because you know and wait a minute he has fake pictures of himself on Time magazine around mar lago or whatever you call it place in Florida and he's mad at the little girl because she actually got it and then he gets there and he tweets about the little girl. You know what? I got on uh, Melania's Facebook, on her Twitter page with some other people, and I said, this little group that you have that's called Do Your Best, you need to get rid of it. Be your best. You're not being your best. Start at your own house. Start at your house. And, talk, and tell your husband to stop picking on and being a bully to children and he's an adult and so somebody from her organization came back and tweeted out that it is no secret that the first lady and the president of the United States have different views on different things you know what never compare her as being the, the best first lady and we see it on Facebook all the time don't we Liz? where they have pictures of yep. her saying that she's the best and then somebody comes back and posts a picture of her being naked so Mm-hmm. I know people always in the chat room say, leave the child out of it. Leave the first lady out of it. I'm not, y'all can tweet and chat and call Jay at his house if you want to. I still have a problem with some of the things that that lazy, trifling first lady does because she doesn't defend the children. When she got in the office, she said she was going to defend the bullying and taking care of the children. What has she done? She hasn't done not one single solitary thing. Children are still locked up in cages. Her husband is still bullying children, and she's up there saying, be your best and do your best, and she's the best first lady they ever had. I'm sick of y'all. You cannot compare her baby to the Bush's wives. You can't compare her to um, First Lady Michelle Obama, even though she's the most educated First Lady that we've ever had. I am sick of her and her organization, and she's not doing nothing getting facelifts and tummy cups and boot jobs in the White House and want to walk around and say she's not organization is doing his best, whatever. I'm sick of her. Well, 
Well, well I mean, I don't know if she's doing I, I don't know if she's getting boob jobs and all that while she's in the White House. I think that was done prior. You know why but I, I get your point. Because she had on the white dress. Because she had on the white dress that you could see through. That's I, the reason why I said I know. I know. But, but, but here's the deal. Anyway. And in fairness to her, the bottom line is, is that she didn't want that guy to win. But, you know, reports were she was crying when he won uh, on election night. And the bottom, you know, and so she's not, you know, that's not what she, she was a model, for Christ's sake. So her husband drags her into this. You know, she doesn't know what she's doing. And, you know, so look, I'm not giving her a pass. None of the Because she should be, okay. she's, but, but, but that's the thing about it this way. You know, you're married to a person that's the president of the United States. And I don't want to, I don't want to veer too far, of course. But this is something I think we need to have spent a few minutes on. You're you're married to the president of the United States. You know, I mean, the bottom line is, is that can you sit here and be calling him out like that? And, I mean, he's your husband, and you know, you're trying to present a united front for the country. And the last thing you need to do is be trying to call him out in public, and then people are like, oh my God! So now, not only is he a dumb president. But he's a bad husband, which we already know that, and he there is chaos and confusion in his family, huh? in his marriage. What did you say? He should have picked something else. He should have picked something else. Instead of saying, I mean, what's she going to pick? It's, it's not a whole lot she can do. She's the world's best decorator or something. But don't say that you're going to be over children. <laughs> That's not and a cause for first ladies. The world. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what that is. Oh, I, I guess you what she could have. She, she could have picked something, maybe you know, feed the world or something for the homeless. I mean, maybe she yeah. could have did that. But yeah. but you're right. Maybe the bullying thing is is uh, maybe that's something that uh, she should have uh, thought about before she went down that avenue as far as her pet project or her, you know, what, what would be known as her. And, uh, and as far what, as what, what, Trump, what, 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 and, huh? and as far yeah. as Trump and his impeachment, he's going to be impeached. Yes. But you know what I hate about it is. He ain't leaving the White House, and these Republicans are still going. We're not going it. anywhere. So, but see, and, and that, see, so that's the question for me. That, that's the question for me, because I remember when Mr. Elias brought this up. And we were talking about impeachment, and I was like, I wasn't for it. I said, no, we, you know, because all you're going to do is make him a mortar. And the bottom line is, is that that's going to rally his people. But then when it gets become, when it came, when it became so egregious, I had to jump on board. I said, you know what, you just got to do, you have to do your duty. But now, you know, some of the polls are swaying, saying, look, the American people, are like, we don't really give a damn about this. It's still kind of split. Some polls you'll find 50 percent. For him being impeached and being removed, and then some you'll find 47%. I think the poll that's really chapping his ass this morning, Mr. Elias, is that Fox News poll. Because that Fox News poll is saying 50% of Fox viewers are saying he should not only be impeached, but removed from office. And then there's another higher portion that said, okay, maybe he shouldn't be impeached. I mean, maybe he should be impeached but not removed. So think about that Fox, that Fox poll, Mr. Elias. He has to be feeling some type of way that people on Fox are saying, look, get this clown out of, you know, impeach him and get him out. It's a, it's a toss-up. Mr. Elias? I don't know what's happening with Mr. Elias, but I tell you what I do know. I think this is the smartest man in the world. I didn't screen the call, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think this is the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net. He is in the house. I'm hoping that this is him. Good morning, Jerome. Is this you? Yes, sir. Good morning, man. How All you righty. doing? Good morning. I'm doing, hey, doing fine, brother. <laughs> All right. Doing fine. 
All right, so now I, I, I posed a question to Mr. Elias, and, and so you've been on, so you, you heard what I just asked him. So won't you, question towards you, my brother, because I'm very interested in what you have to say about this whole thing. Uh-huh. Well, I think that even if you're looking at the polls and if you're saying that, even Fox is saying that 50% you should be impeached, technically yes. that's not. Right. That Technically that means that the the universe will be okay if his butt gets impeached because everybody keeps talking mm-hmm. that bipartisan bull. And it's like, but they don't realize the dynamic that plays in partisanship, right? And so when you start talking about um, – the Clinton impeachment, for example, which you really can't compare the two, but let's just say that's our latest, our last one. Matter of fact, it wasn't even our last impeachment. They actually impeached the judge. Um, yeah, and, uh, and so that judge, in Louisiana. Yeah, that judge impeachment mm-hmm. should tell you something on how impeachment works. But what happens is that when that guy or when Clinton was impeached, a couple of Democrats sided with the Republicans. And the reason that is, is because you have some conservative, racist kind of, you know, Democrats. I don't think anybody ever looks at it that way. Like, there are Democrats, the whole blue dog Democrat thing, the conservative Democrats. You always have those same people on the Democratic side. Now, do you have liberal Republicans? I'm not really sure. Because I don't think anybody will stand out. John McCain was not liberal. Like, uh, and anybody who you say that has voted both ways on the Republican side. They were not liberal, but you do have some conservative Democrats. The Democrats is a big tent party. So whenever somebody says something's bipartisan or not, or look at Fox News or not, everybody is not the same thing, but at the same time, you cannot measure if somebody needs to go. Now, here's how I would measure it if I had to look at polling. If you compare that and the Bill Clinton impeachment, way more people says that this dude should be impeached and removed than Bill Clinton. So the Republicans still went through with that, even though it was like at 30-something percent. Like, it was not high. And they still went ahead, and they did not bat an eye. They have no remorse. They don't say, I'm sorry, whatever. Democrats can have 70 percent, and they'll be like, well, we need to have it bipartisan. Like, they make false, um, they have like these false criteria that they set every time Democrats or black people you know, we get that just generally so we know what this is about. If, uh, you know, everybody on the program is black and we say one thing and they'll say, well, even white people say, like, we, we do that. So they do that so much with Democrats. People are used to saying, let's use Fox as a counterbalance to anything else. It, it does not work, but this guy really, really needs to be impeached. And I think that's what they're fighting, just because they don't want that the – whatever it's called, the scarlet letter on him or something. No, he won't get removed, but he's not going to be there that much longer anyway. So you don't need to remove him. You know, you now, know here's a question. Hey, hey, let me ask you a question, Mr. Elias. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Go ahead. No, no, I, finish your thought. Jack Go ahead. When they were talking about the language in the impeachment, when they were saying stuff like, oh, how could they uh, put that he should never hold any office or – or, or be uh, uh, held for anything else before, and I'm thinking to myself, that's the same language they used when they got rid of the judge and Bill Clinton. Yeah. I, I never, I, I, why would you even bring that up? Why? I, I, it blew me away when they started talking about that. Right, it's because the Republicans, 
again, it's a it's a part of what oppression is and colonizers and all of that other stuff goes. That he cannot like even though most people will be disqualified for holding public office if they did something unethical, immoral, get arrested and all this other stuff, but for the rich white guy, it's like, well, that's a little harsh. Right? Like we we look at this world crazy. Really? It's like, it's like the guy in Kentucky who just lost, right? I know you might talk about this later, but the governor of Kentucky just uh, lost. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. So, we are. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I'm just saying they start doing stuff off the rails, and they're like, oh, don't look over there. That Never mind. Right? And so they don't want him to – they don't want to put in the impeachment that he should ne- – he should have been – he never held office before anyway. And now I don't think that's a big loss to anybody that he can't hold office again. I think they should put that in there or leave it. Look, but yeah. here's, but here's the thing that makes me nervous, guys. This is what makes me nervous, and I don't want to get everybody's opinion on this. Nancy Pelosi, she has not whipped these votes. So now we know that uh, I, I, have, I wrote the numbers down. I don't have them in front of me. God dang it! But we know a certain percentages of the Democrats have already said they're going to go ahead and vote. We I do know that there's eight undecided, and there's one Democrat that's saying he, they're not going to vote for impeachment. Now word came out came out right before the show that this same Democrat, and I'm going to throw his name out there as soon as I pull it up. This person now is thinking about converting to the Republican Party because you know why? He represents a district that Trump won. Now, Jerome, first to you, then we'll get everybody else's opinion here real quick before we step out. Uh-huh. Is this a mistake? Because Nancy Pelosi is saying, look, this is something that we're not going to whip. Bottom line is, is that people have to vote their conscience. Do you think that this was a mistake by Nancy Pelosi to not whip the vote to make sure she has what she needs to get this done decisively? Because I think we all know it's a foregone conclusion that's going to happen. But if you have, you know, a few Democrats that that die, you know, that that you know that uh, defect to the other side, then that's just more talking points for the Senate Republicans. You know, which, by the way, you know, I mean, oh my God, well, Mitch McConnell was the foreman. He's the foreman of the freaking jury of of the freaking Senate, the jury in the Senate, quote unquote. And he's already saying, look, we're not calling this witnesses in. It's a done deal. But you, you know why? So, why? The White House is why do you think she didn't whip them? Yeah, the 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 White House is already with votes. What they've been doing is meeting with the senators for this whole time. You know, having dinner with them. They're whipping votes on the Senate. And she's saying, oh, she doesn't want to do it. Right? She's giving them cover is what she's doing. Again, there is something wrong with the Democratic Party where they are so scared to make something look like something else. Like, we have a congressman in my area, and this is a Democratic area, a place where Hillary Clinton won. He is a Republican. The dude won, and he is like... No, I'm sticking with the president. And they're running commercials around here like crazy talking about vote for this guy because he's not being, you know, whatever by the liberal media. And I'm like, he is going to lose. But they are holding tight, right? Republicans do that like nobody's business. Democrats will roll on your butt yeah. a second. Yeah, no matter what, they're going to stick to their guns. That's one thing I will give them credit for. They'll stick to their guns no matter what. How, whatever the message is, because they're not being made. They're not. You know what, Mr. Celius? They're not. They're not paying a political price. You think about all the things that Trump did before he came in office. Think, think, think about. Okay, just go back.
back down memory lane, Dang. back down memory Dang. lane. Think about Gary Hart. There was a picture of a lady sitting on Gary Hart's lap, and all of a sudden he had to leave. He had to damn near leave the country. This man wait, that wait. talked about grabbing coochies, he'd have done everything, and he still was elected. Yes, Jerome. I got two words for you, Al Franken. <laughs> like, Thank you. Out. Well, yeah, well, okay, I have two more. This Gary Hart. I mean, I mean, just, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. They don't stick to their guns. So, I, if I just, I just told them to jump out the lake. I don't care. Right. Jump in the lake. I jump in the lake. I'm not leaving. Now what? What are you going to do now? You well, let well, now, well, now we have to say this, though. Now, now, think about this. When we say that Democrats do this now, think about the governor of uh, Virginia. He was like, look, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and now he has survived that storm. You know, people were trying to get him out of there. He said, I'm not going no place. So maybe he yeah, took a page the out Democrats, of the Republican playbook. The Democrats will put pressure on you. You know, yeah, so we had there. Governor, yeah, we had um, Al, uh, what's his name, um, Spitzer, you know, with him in the hook, but Elliot Spitzer, mm-hmm. yeah. Elliot Spitzer, like, yeah, they will resign in a minute on the Democratic side because the Democrats has this whole bad little purity test. Like, if you say something against gay folks or against women or get like, you're out of there. Like they don't, I mean, they just quit, right? Instead of just saying. I mean, just think about what's her name, and she's the senator from New York, um, Gillibrand, running for president, mm-hmm. right? When they start saying, "Oh, you know, people aren't getting enough attention and spending enough, you know, money with the with the other tier," even Cory Booker was like, "Yeah, like Gillibrand." It's like, why did he give a damn about Gillibrand opposed to anybody else? Democrats really? is heck. She crazy anyway, right? She only comes up. She comes out like Oprah against black men. Like she comes out only with the affects white women. I'm just saying. Right? Hey, I'm sorry to throw Oprah under the bus. That's a black on black crime. But I'm gonna tell you this, <laughs> Oprah. You know we we have a habit of looking towards in the feminist side to determine purity tests when it comes to men. It's emasculating on the Democratic side. Republicans won't listen to a woman to save their life. <laughs> like, what happened mm. to you? And it's crazy. Mm. I'm not saying that they should be like that. I am saying they're over-emasculated, where they, old white men, rule this piece. I mean, they rule the country anyway, but Mitch McConnell is breaking the law. Right? When they swear you in to do an impeachment, you're upholding the Constitution and swearing that you're going to, you know, look at this fairly. That dude went on TV and was like, oh, he ain't going to lose anyway. <laughs> like, he was like, if, yeah. black, if black people practice jury nullification, uh, white folks would never put us on juries. But I'm going to tell you this, yeah. maybe you should. You know what I mean? Because that's, pra- that's jury nullification. Yeah. You know that yeah. that dude did it. And you said, uh, nope, not, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> It's crazy. That right, Chappelle we're, we're way kid. over. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're way over. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Which one? Go ahead, Jerome. Right. Finish your thought. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, you remember the Dave Chappelle skit where uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle is doing the fake OJ trial and the fake R. Kelly? Yeah. He's like, nope. Yeah. 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 Look, I just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Go look that up on YouTube. That's hilarious. All right, Vanessa, I'm going to give you the last word in the middle of the ocean. Give me the last word on this. Uh-uh. Rome has said enough. I don't have a last word. Everything he said was absolutely correct. 
Everything. My bad. So, but no, but no, just real quick, give me your opinion on the fact. Do you think that Nancy Pelosi should have counted the votes? And you know, you want this thing to be unanimous. You don't want anybody to come back and say, "Well, we are some Democrats that," because they tried to use that bipartisan stuff when only two Democrats voted against, you know, the, the, the uh, introducing the articles in the first place. So, just give me your thoughts, real quick. Do you think she should have whipped those votes? Yes or no? You're talking to me, Jay. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Vanessa, you. Okay. I'm so I'm 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 sorry. Yeah, she okay. should have done uh-huh. it just to see what she was at. She should have yeah, had them. I agree with you. She could see what she was at. Absolutely. No surprises. I, there you I go. think she I has a count. I think you she's think just so? saying that. I I think she if she was afraid of losing, they would whip votes. I think she has yeah, a count. Maybe. That wouldn't be smart yeah, for not right. to have kind of sense. Yeah, and they they say she's a very technical tactician. So bottom line is I'm pretty sure she knows what she's doing. And it sounds like, hey, listen, I want them to vote their conscience. I want them to do the right thing. But, hey, listen, wink, wink, I already know what's happening. Okay, Nancy, we got your girlfriend. Uh, What do you call Nancy Pelosi, Vanessa? What do you all call her in your house? Nana Pelosi. That's Nana. (laughs) Nana. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's Nana. That's Nana. All right. In this week's edition of Informative Select, something that you need to know, the homeless population in the United States of America is bad. And, you know, and this is something that we just, in my opinion, don't pay enough attention to. There's so many problems going on in this world with kids being locked up at the border and, you know, the, you know, the possibility of losing, losing health care and just, you know, the opioid uh, addiction. There's just a lot going on. But, you know, this is something that's been around for a long time, and especially on the West so in this edition of Informative Celeste, something that you need to know, we're going to spend a few minutes and talk about the homeless population on the West Coast. We'll talk to you in a second. You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rock Show. More than half a million people in this country do not have homes. It's a crisis, and you see it especially clearly along the West Coast. There are tent cities along sidewalks, parks, and highway underpasses, and they are at the center of a huge legal fight. A federal appeals court has put limits on how far cities can go to enforce bans on camping. As NPR's Leila Fadel and Kirk Sigler report, this case could be headed to the Supreme Court. Boise, Idaho is maybe an unusual place to start this story. The homeless crisis is overwhelming the big cities on the West Coast, while Boise bills itself as one of the country's most livable cities, touting its good schools, its safe, leafy neighborhoods, and access to the outdoors. Yet it's this prosperous, mid-sized city that's at the center of a divisive legal battle over whether people can sleep on public property. The case goes back nearly a decade to when Pam Hawks and her then-partner were homeless here. She says many nights they had no other choice but to pitch a tent in a wooded area along the Boise River. I was like, I just need somewhere to lay my head overnight. And it's not like we left camp up. We always packed up and we always kept it clean. Yet police routinely ticketed her for camping in public. I reached talks in Spokane, Washington, where she's since moved. She was on a city bus on her way to a job interview. It's kind of frustrating when they call it camping in public tickets, which then I feel it makes me seem like I'm right smack downtown. But in all reality, I was tried my best at the time to stay out of view of the public eye. Hawks and a half dozen others in a similar predicament sued the city of Boise. And last year, they won. A federal appeals court ruled it's unconstitutional for cities to ticket people for sleeping in public if there are no shelter beds available. 
This is now the law of the Ninth Circuit that covers much of the West. Boise is appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court. But for now, from here to Seattle to cities in California, you can't just criminalize people like Hawks for not having anywhere to sleep. She got one on the 24th. She got one on the 25th. Boise civil rights attorney Howard Belodoff still keeps copies of the dozen public camping tickets Pam Hawks got. She couldn't pay them, so she'd spend the night in jail. Belodoff represents the plaintiffs. The only way to deter a homeless person is to give them a place to live. <laughs> that's, the, that's the underlying problem. Even though the homeless population in Boise is much smaller than in big cities, the underlying tensions are the same. The cost of living here is soaring. Boise is now one of the nation's fastest growing cities, and there's an extraordinary affordable housing crisis. Homelessness was a deciding factor in an unusually heated mayoral race here this fall that ended up bitterly dividing two Democrats. The message that won was Lauren McLean's. The part that is missed all too often is the importance of prevention. If we want to prevent camps, we have to prevent homelessness. We've got to address the affordability crisis in this community. The losing candidate was the city's longest-ever-serving mayor, Dave Beter. He took heat for spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to appeal the case. But Peter argues Boise needs the ability to issue some tickets to stop the spread of encampments that he said have taken over West Coast cities like Seattle and Los Angeles, where my colleague Layla Falden is. Here on Skid Row in downtown L.A., some 3,000 people sleep on the streets every night in the shadow of the financial district and luxury condos. Tents and makeshift homes made with tarps and cardboard line the streets. People camping on the sidewalks are shoving their belongings into plastic bags, shopping carts, backpacks, or roller bags, pushing them out of the way before sanitation workers get to their block to fill garbage trucks and power wash the sidewalks. It's a city program to keep areas with homeless encampments like Skid Row, often referred to as the homeless capital of the nation, clean. Just another ploy to harass the homeless, making us move when we don't, when we don't supposed to. That's Juan Brown. He looks on, shaking his head. He's standing on the corner where he slept for three years before getting into housing last month. He got hit by a car, couldn't work, and so like 150 people every single day in Los Angeles County, he fell into homelessness. We're targeted because Los Angeles look at us like cockroaches instead of human beings. In the last year, homelessness jumped 16% in this city. And whatever the Supreme Court decides to do won't change that reality. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That's some familiar music right there. It is time for YTP. Your thoughts, please. The last before the end of the year. And uh, you know, this is where we try to get as many topics in in the thirty-minute segment that we have, or the second set, I should say. So it should be fun. So without any further ado, let's get into the first topic this morning. <laughs> In his final 35 days in office, Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin issued a stunning 660 pardons and commutations, many to individuals convicted of heinous crimes, one a child rapist, another who killed his parents. But one man, Patrick Brian Baker, convicted in 2017 of murder and pardoned one week ago, is drawing extra attention because of his family's ties to the governor. Baker's brother and sister-in-law hosted a fundraiser for Bevin last year, helping him raise $21,000. 
Bevin didn't pardon two other men involved in the crime, only Baker, calling the evidence against him sketchy at best. But the judge and prosecutor in the case said the evidence was overwhelming. My first thought was disbelief um, that this could possibly happen. Baker had served only two years of a 19-year sentence. The victim's sister slammed the governor. I know he's our office, but he can rot in hell. That's exactly how we feel about him. Bevin said any suggestion that financial contributions played a role are both highly offensive and entirely false. But Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, campaigning back home in Kentucky, called Bevin's pardons completely inappropriate. I expect he had the power to do it, uh, but looking at the examples of people who are incarcerated as a result of heinous crimes, no, I don't approve of it. Kentucky lawmakers are now calling for an investigation specifically into the pardon of that murderer, Patrick Brian Baker, Nora. What a story, Ed. Thank you. All right, so Jerome, since you brought this up or started, you know, messing around the edges of the story, man, think, think about this, man. This guy... <laughs> man, your thoughts, please. I'm not even going to beat it up. Your thoughts, no, I Think about it. Trump did the same thing. And he's just a Trump clone, right? So the guy who was in, um, I, I don't know what branch he was, he was in, but um, he killed Maybe. some people doing wartime. I, I think he was a Green Beret, Maybe. but I'm not really sure. He's a special ops. No, no, he a was seal. a Navy SEAL. Yes. And so he goes in, commits war crimes. The military says, hey, we need to get him up out of there. Trump goes and pardons him. This dude does the same thing. Guy cut somebody's heads off, put it in a bucket. Like he did some stuff that you were like, that dude should not be on the street. And the story goes that his family donated to the political campaign of, you know, that guy of the governor and all this other stuff. So he lets him out. So, you know, I can understand her frustration of saying he need to ride in hell because technically if you if you murder somebody like that, like just disregard of their in your humanity, technically you need to be minimally in jail. And so, yeah. you know, I have nothing. I have nothing to say about that. I was just making the point that some people let this stuff go and think that it's okay. So let's just see who thinks that it's okay and who makes a fuss about it. I guarantee you. Um, although Mitch McConnell had to say something because he's mm-hmm. from Kentucky. Or he, yeah. he, he's in Kentucky. I guarantee you, he don't give a damn either. Probably working from the same playbook. You, you, you know, uh, Vanessa that she just dropped. Okay, she's out in the ocean, folks. By the way, so uh, it may be a situation where we may get her. You know, you never know. I'm surprised she made it on. All right, let, let me go to you, Mr. Elias. Um, does okay. The examples of this and what Trump did. You know, Trump he uh, pardoned the. That uh, Arizona sheriff. Uh, I mean, is this a situation where we have to really go back and, and really look at, you know, pardoning powers? Because you would give these type of powers to people who you would think that would be above board and would do things the right way, not for political gain, not to, you know, not for revenge. And for this guy, I mean, we have some rotten people in office. I mean, is it time to really look at that and say, okay? Yeah, you can recommend people for pardon, but maybe it should go through some type of legislative process to make sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen. Listen to what Jerome just said. You're letting these people on the streets have committed hideous murders. 
I mean, what, what what's behind all this? Who, who knows? Like, that's the point. Like, what is behind all of this? The problem with uh, us as a society is that we cannot get out of our own ways when it really comes to um, understanding what power that you have when you're in government, right? And so we don't hold them to any ethical and moral, moral standard. Now, I don't believe that it should go through a legislative process. That's how the pardon process goes anyway. So what happens with the pardon um, and people getting their sentences commuted, they send a formal request, they vet it, they send it to the president, and he pardons, or to the governor. But there's usually a process to even get on a list for that stuff. So I can't say but, but, that they but should change. Remember, but remember what they said, that Trump, you know, he superseded that. When he pardoned that, that, that sheriff, that... Dude, he's not even waiting until they get freaking uh, charged. This guy is—he's preempting that process. Yeah, you don't. I, you I don't mean, have to. yeah, you don't have to. That's the law of the land. Now, and I believe that there. This is this is always tricky, especially for people of color, generally, right? Yeah. We can go through systems, and they can be so outrageously against us that sometimes you need somebody to pardon you. Right, like for for example, it's only because I keep hearing the OJ thing being brought up. Doing, it. I think that is so bogus and crazy that people like to bring him up because he actually was acquitted. Now, they, if they want to sure. bring up a bogus trial, you bring up that um, Zimmerman trial. Now that was bogus, yeah. right? And so, but with yeah. racism out there, nobody says jack about Zimmerman, but they always have OJ on the brain because it made them feel some kind of way. That guy was acquitted. He wasn't pardoned. He wasn't let go of nothing. So if, if I was president, I would have pardoned him for stopping somebody from selling his stolen goods. How many years OJ get for that? He goes to jail. Uh, I think they gave him 33 I, or something. I forget. I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, but he but did yeah. about six or eight or something like yeah they sent him to jail because somebody stole his stuff and he confronted them so i'm just saying so you need pardon power for for outrageous things like that because obviously that system did not help satisfy any kind of justice in any of those situations and i don't even think the guys who had stolen goods got arrested yeah and and then the other part to that whole yeah but the other part to that but Jordan, the other part to, to that whole situation is, is that you can sit here, like you said, you can argue whether or not the courts had the ability to do that. And, you know, if there's a statute for it, so be it. But here's the problem. You have people, the cops on tape saying that, yeah, we're going to finally get that bastard. S.O.B. Right. Finally. So, right. So, so, so they're take, they were taking the 1994 case into consideration. I mean, it was just nuts. Just nuts. But anyway. Yeah, but, right. but that was the point, right? So we can't yeah. change those laws, and we should never advocate to change those laws because what happens is that when we get in power at some point, then our hands are tied. Everyone likes to tie our hands. Everyone likes to say when President Obama was there, he shouldn't do that. He should go through the process. There should be consensus. He should, he should have bipartisan support. There was not one bipartisan support of any judge that Trump actually put in, in the federal bench. None. Yeah. But do anybody yell bipartisan to them? No. We have to be careful on changing laws 
because when we get in that position, well, I guess it's like Tom Steyer. I never really listened to, that, to him, but I can tell you this. One point that he did make was that we need to change the narrative around black people in particular so that we can change some laws to help out the black community. And what he meant by that was if you keep painting a picture of somebody negatively, then your legislation is going to reflect the negative connotations towards a, a group, um, specifically black folks. So we have a bad narrative in this country of black people always being on the negative side. That's why when I do news or when we are talking on this program, I always tend to not want to hyper be, be hyperactive over something just because somebody black did it. If somebody white did it, you wouldn't complain. So we need to change the narrative. So in these cases, that is really tough. Do not change the laws because they are breaking them because they will only be applied towards us. We need to be careful. You know, I, I, I got a, I got a yeah. prediction. My prediction okay, is real the, quick, next that Trump, the next person that Trump is going to uh, pardon will be Rob Blagojevich. Yeah, I think he's uh, going to. Yeah, that's that's not uh yeah, Mr. Elias, but that's that's not a you know, come on man. I mean it, that's not a uh <laughs> that's not a news flash, dude. I mean he's, he's, he's already signaled that. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, but he's well, been he, running he, from it because he Okay. Yeah, because Robert Gordon okay. did the same thing he did. So exactly. that's why he's gonna that's why he's gonna yeah, pardon. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, all right, okay. We gotta go, we gotta go. All right, come here, next story. We gotta go. Friends of a lawyer who disappeared four days ago in Atlanta are asking for help to find him. Demetrius Allen was last seen at 10 ATO Lounge with some friends on Friday. Strange things happen in Atlanta all the time, but very rarely does a 30-year-old, 220-pound lawyer vanish in one of the most popular neighborhoods in, in East Atlanta. Allen's friends say he was in Atlanta to interview for a job with Delta Airlines, his gray BMW, with an Ohio tag, is also missing tonight. So this is just a tragic story, and I'm not sure, you know, we don't have a whole lot to say about this. I just wanted to make sure that it was out there because, you know, we have a lot of stories about our folks who don't really make the news. And so, I mean, I don't know, Mr. Elliott, you know anything else about this particular story? No, I've been, I've been reading about this story. And I just thought it was strange that this, this, you know, this young man came up missing. You know, no, there's not, a, you know, not, not a trace of him, nothing. That's, you know, wow, it's crazy. But I guess, you know, is, was there a major? Okay, it said that he was in Atlanta uh, to apply for a job with Samir with Delta Airlines. So I, I mean, I guess, you know, usually when you when the lawyer is attached to something missing. Uh, you know, uh, Jerome, usually it's behind some case. I remember that uh, lawyer a long time ago in Pennsylvania. They, they they took him away, and, you know, I can't remember what the outcome of that case was. I think he was found dead. But in this case, I mean, is there is there anything? I mean, what's going on here, man? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about this case at all, but, geez, I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't know about it either. Which is which says a whole nother thing it, that it's not getting any kind of news coverage, not getting the news coverage right. that it needs anyway. Right, right. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure if if, if anybody knows anything. Uh, you know, please contact authorities in Atlanta. I mean, this guy was a beloved attorney. Uh, 
Okay, wait a minute. I think something's... Wait a minute. Here we go. It says, beloved attorney who was reported missing... Okay, he died in a car accident. Here it is. He was involved in a traffic accident in Clayton County before he was reported missing by, by loved ones. He died from his injuries the next day in the hospital. So apparently he had... This. It's official. My brother's no longer with us. His brother goes by the low chambers wrote on Facebook. No foul play or nothing like that, but it's over. Said God's got another angel. You are now with your mother, and she's down proud of your bro, and so am I. Uh, so it looks like he went out with uh, a roommate and his girlfriend to a lounge, and it uh, looks like uh, he had left that place, and apparently he got into a car accident, and um, it looks like he went to, they took him to a hospital. Nobody, I guess they, nobody knew who he was, and Apparently he yeah, passed away. Wow. That's yeah. what happened. Wow. All right. What a better end to that story. Wow. Just just found it. Just saw it. Just came across the wire. Okay. Wow. Well, praying for his family, and uh, there was no foul play, you know, but um, that's that's something. All right. Last story of the morning. Tom Joyner keeps his listeners laughing and learning. Barbara Hillary, the first black woman to stand on both the North and South Pole. Our thing has always been to empower people, but to empower, we have to first entertain. If I've got you laughing, I've got you listening. His nationally syndicated radio show hit the airwaves in 1994 with a certain audience in mind. We do a show for for African Americans. That's what we do. This is just so fascinating. In 2000, Joyner discussed his influence with 60 Minutes correspondent Leslie Stahl. 1996, the election. Yeah. I've heard that you were responsible for registering a quarter of a million black voters. I've been given that credit. Politicians. They Mm -hmm. call you? They want to come on? Yeah. They think that if they want to reach African Americans that vote, they can, the come, they can come to this show. How does the message that you were talking about in 2000 resonate with 2019 mm. as we go into the 2020 election? It was different then. I think we're more woke then than now. In 2000? In 2000. What day is it? Joyner says super-serving the African-American community has been the secret to his success. Entertainment and empowerment mm-hmm. have paid off. At his peak, he did, Joyner says he, he was making $14 million uh, a year. But it got to the point where they were, all right, you're going to cut your salary in half, okay, and then in half, okay, and then in half two years ago because my salary was based on my results, mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, not only was I losing affiliates, but radio industry as a whole was losing traction. If you had been offered more money, would you have stayed longer? Heck yeah. Shoot, I, my goal was to die on the radio, <laughs> have my funeral on the radio. What's the next chapter? I'm just going to be concentrating on raising money and putting, putting it in the hands of college students to, to help their tuition uh, at historically black colleges. That's my goal. 
all after 12 noon. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't, you won't be waking up till after the noon hour. That's right. I'm not going to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, end of an era, Tom Joyner's hanging up, turning the microphone off. Uh, end of an era in black radio. Mr. Elias, man, your thoughts, please. All right, Jerome, you know, we're having some issues with Mr. Elias this morning. Good gracious. Go ahead, Jerome, man. What are you thinking about this, man? In another era, brother. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, he was only syndicated for 25 years, but Tom Joyner has been on the air for a long time. That's why he got the name The Fly Jock, because he would fly between yep. uh, Chicago, Chicago. Chicago yep. and Dallas. And Dallas, yes. So, you know, he, he's a he's a vet for real. And it's, it's a shame that um, I, I think it's a shame that he's off the air. I mean, we there's way too many. He, they should, he should at least be on XM. They should have moved him someplace, but that was whole, that was some garbage that got him off of the air, and that has yeah, to do with a corporate buyout. Somebody bought mm-hmm. somebody else. They wanted to move his slot in, wanted to switch him with Steve Harvey at some point. It was a mess about Ooh. two years and mm-hmm. so, under, so they undercut him. So Jay Anthony Brown left. And, you know, my favorite soap opera of the radio was It's Your World. So if you want to yeah. Hear, yeah, they created It's Your World. That was, that was a great, great, um, uh, you know, I don't know how many, what was it, about five, less than five minutes segment? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it was a little less than that. Yeah, but it was good. Red Bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> That was that was my um, that that was my entertainment. I always look forward to that. So um, hopefully he will come back on the air, or at least mentor somebody else on the air. I think they've been doing a lot of promos where he's been kind of passing the torch to. Um, uh, what's Ricky the Smiley is actually going to be the Ricky one that's going to take it over. Ricky Smiley. Ricky, Ricky Smiley. Smiley. But but that's just because they're taking over his syndica- his syndication spot. So yeah. I mean I like Ricky Smiley and all, but still Tom Joyner. Yeah as an audience and, and it reminds me of how we consider voting voting is the same way right it's like oh we got to cater to the young people and the young people never will drive you to victory and by the way that's what happened in england when we talk about politics the voting said yeah, yeah. the young people is going to do this and it did what the seasoned people knew what was going to happen so we need to stop doing that and, and disrespecting um disrespecting our, uh, our knowledge base because Tom Joyner has a solid footing in there. Yeah. So much they was respect. losing affiliates. Yeah, it's, it was sorry, Mr. Elias, man. Looks like you're back. Your thoughts, please, on uh, well, the ending of a legend, man. Legendary well, broadcaster you know what, man, Tom I, Joyner's I, hanging I, up. We, we had to, uh, we had, I, I actually had to download his app to listen to him, man, because, yep. you know, they got rid of him in Chicago. Which is which is kind of ironic. First he was on uh, W uh, WGCI WGCI. No, he wasn't. It was it was, he was on no, WBMX. Yes, he was. He was on WBMX. And then he went to V one hundred three. He was on V one hundred three. And, and then, then they, 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 uh, they moved to V one hundred three. No, that was BMX. BMX and then V one hundred three. WBMX was GCI. WBMX turned to V one hundred three. Right. They wasn't GCI. Yeah. So B, he went from no, he did he, there he and left, then, yeah. 
Then he went to 106.3. And then they, they mm-hmm. blew him out because they moved Steve Harvey into D103. Uh, and then from D103, from they went from that. that. And, and it was just like, you could see the, 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 the scent of them kicking him out, man. It was like, wow. And then all of a sudden, oh, I knew what you were doing. Oh, okay, I huh? see what you were doing. You were talking about his syndicated show. I was talking about his origin because he became the fly jockey. He started on WBMX. Then he left. Then he came back. Right. He was working on WGCI in the evenings. And he was working in Dallas on a Dallas radio show in the morning. That was before his show became syndicated. He was. That's why. Mm-hmm. He, that's how he got to name the fly jock. He'd be in Dallas in the morning, right. and then he'd fly to and be at WGCI exactly. for the 3 p.m. show. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Was he still on a I don't know. I don't think he was. I don't listen to a lot of radio. I don't know if he was still on or not. You have to ask, check with somebody from Houston. If Houston, if you're listening, check in with us. Let us know. I, I have no idea if he was still on. On. on and he, you know, last time I, the last time I listened to uh, the, the, the local affiliate here in Houston, he was on the air in the morning. And that was maybe about six months ago. So I imagine that they wouldn't have gotten rid of him. When they know the end was coming at the end of the year, so I'm, I'm going to assume he was still on the air here. But listen, here's what I have to say about by Tom Joyner. Uh, look, you know the TJRS, you know versus the TM, the TMS, the TJMS. So you know the bottom line is that Tom Joyner was an inspiration for a lot of people. And you know when we came on the air uh, back in 2009, I didn't have that in mind. But then when people started saying, you know, you guys are the broke Tom Joyner, y'all like the the broke, the broke edition of Tom, Tom Jordan Morning Show, and you were like, uh, okay, I think, <laughs> I think that's a compliment, but we'll take it. But listen, hey, we hope he does well. You know, with his platform, his name, I'm pretty sure he can. If he wants to get something on XM Radio, it seems to me that it's a sure thing. If he wants to get back into it, I mean, I don't know, but come on, why can't he? I mean, if, if Kevin Hart and all those guys can get shows out there, why can't a veteran? Like Tom Joyner, you know, get a a show on the XM radio. So we'll see. It, de- it, de- yeah, it depends. It depends who you piss off. You know how this goes. Like they said, he yeah. had a yeah. large audience, and he was not apologetic about catering to his audience. Like that's who he wanted yeah. as a target. And when you don't own your companies, you are always susceptible to somebody saying, "Oh, you know what? I don't have no value for a black audience. I could just get them to listen to Steve Harvey." They sell each yeah. other. They sell us out like that very easily. So, yeah. again, just, hopefully. Just ask, uh, yeah, just, just, just ask uh, BET. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looks like I thought Vanessa popped back in here. Oh, Vanessa's here. All right, Vanessa here. Real quick, let me let, get, get your thoughts on Tom Joyner. Tom Joyner's show's coming to an end, sweetie. Give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all, but I got kicked out. Um. No, we understand. I was just looking that up. I didn't hear what y'all were saying because I wasn't back online. But in case I missed it, didn't his, I'm, I'm asking y'all, I don't know. Didn't his son have something to do with him yes, being he did. off of his show? So what yes, was the deal did. with that? Well, oh, really? His son, do tell real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, his son had so much of a percentage of the, uh, the show. Both his sons did. He, they had so much percentage of the show. And then they sold their percentage to uh, Radio One, and then they took over the show, and then they got rid of him. That's how they got him off the air. Oh wow! His son. Wow. Yeah. 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 Killer. Yeah. yeah. I thought so. Yeah. He owns Killer he owns the show, and then that's yeah. that's what happens with your family when your kids don't respect your work. 
they, they think of it as money. Mm-hmm. Offer them the cash, yeah. and they cash out. Well, they sold out. They definitely did that. Rotten, rotten bastards. I'm glad I yeah, called well, you. Go. Years, I thought so. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I really, Jay, can I do? They didn't Jay, know you're right. Yes, ma'am. Jay, can I have a half a second? I'm, I'm finna try yes, to come up with the curtain. I just want y'all to hear this. What are you doing? Did we lose him, Matthew? Can y'all hear that? What is that? Uh, can, barely, that? What are we listening to? Uh, barely. You, what is that? They're having Bourbon Street. They're doing Bourbon Street on the ship in front of my room. That's what <laughs> <laughs> All right, rub it in our face, why don't you? Thank you, Vanessa. Between them out there playing that and Joy on this TV set, I couldn't hear nothing. Oh, oh Lord have mercy. Okay, we're done with you. Thank you That's for we love that in our I'm face. Why don't that is why we love Vanessa. <laughs> It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
Welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. The resolution is amended as ordered reported favorably to the House. Members will have two days to submit views. The resolution will be reported as a single amendment in the nature of a substitute. Without objection, staff is authorized to make technical and conforming changes. Without objection, Mr. the committee Chairman, is adjourned. Mr. Chairman, pursuant what purpose does the gentleman seek recognition? Pursuant to Clause 2L of Rule 11, I give notice of intent to file dissenting views. 
Notice is heard. Without objection, the committee is adjourned. And there you have it. History has been made. The House Judiciary Committee this morning voting along party lines 23 uh, to 7, 17 in both instances, and the two articles impeachment against Donald Trump. Tonight there are calls for a special prosecutor to investigate former Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. Friends of a lawyer who disappeared four days ago in Atlanta are asking for help to find him. Demetrius Allen was last seen at 10 ATL Lounge with some friends on Friday. Once again, here is our host, Jay Ryle. Welcome back here, 347-850-1272. If you are just joining us, there's been an update to that story. This young man actually was found dead from a car accident. Apparently it happened in the middle of early in the morning, and uh, he was taken to a local hospital, and obviously his friends and family didn't know where he was. So tragic end to that story, but at least they have some closure. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's a serious out on a beautiful Sunday morning. Appreciate you. Love the fact that you're here listening to us. We're 10 days from Christmas, but, you know, let's say good morning to our friends and family, the folks that put it in every Sunday for you. Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally, she is actually in the middle of the ocean, and so obviously her connection has been spotty at best, but she was here, and we'll say good morning to her, so good morning, Vanessa. Also, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, in the house. What's up, man, Jerome? Good morning. You say 10 days before Christmas? I need to go shop. Yeah, I didn't realize it either. Like, <laughs> Ten days, brother. Ten days. Oh, my bad. Before St. Nick will visit your place. Well, not St. Nick. He has to be a black St. Nick if he's going to come to your house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. <laughs> the man who gives the first and last word here on the series. I don't want to only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jerome. How you guys doing this morning? Hey. Good morning. And good morning, Vanessa on the high stage, baby. Right? There you go. Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally. uh, I call him the educated brother, Mr. Johnny D. He's under the weather this morning, so he'll be back next week. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good morning. So far, Mr. Elias, can we say good morning to some people in the chat room? No, we can't, sir. (laughs) Okay. There you go. There's no one in there. (laughs) Wow. Okay, that's, I guess, yeah, man, who knows? All right, well, listen, we have some folks that have been listening to us. The pastor's back in the house. What's up, pastor? We were worried about you. Give you a report on his status from last week. We appreciate him checking in. Uh, Mariana Music has checked in, too. Said it is very, very, very uh, late at night where she is. Stop it. It's not that late. Stop it. I know the time. Oh, okay, Jay, before you go on, Mariana, that was sometimes by Anita Baker. I didn't think I needed to I'm say that, sure but she, just in case you didn't know. I'm pretty sure she knew that, Mr. Elias. Uh, oh, yeah. But who knows? We'll find out. All right. Uh, also, what's up to Jimmy? How you doing? Uh, CJ. What's going on? Never called that name before. Uh, what is this? I can't pronounce. Perlino? Perlino? P-A-U-L-I-N-O. I put Polano. Polano. Okay. Good morning to you. Good morning to a host of others. All right, listen. Uh, last and final set. Last 15 minutes we have left. Last 10 minutes, actually. Shouldn't take that long. We're going to play campaign manager for the Joe Biden uh, campaign. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to attempt to give the VP 
the proper answer. So we're going to play in the last segment of the show if you were Joe Biden. So if you were Joe Biden, if you were asked a certain question, what would be your response? So, Mr. Elias, we're going to go with you first on this. Mr. Elias, you are mm-hmm. former Vice President Joe Biden. I'm a reporter with NPR. Here's my question to you, and you tell me how you're going to answer this. All right, Congressperson Matt Gates brought the fact that your son has had a drug issue, had drug problems. Is it really important? Do you expect us to really believe that your son got that job with that foreign oil and gas company because of his experience, or was it because you were the VP? What would be your response to me as a reporter if I asked you that question, Mr. Elias? Well, you know something, my response would be uh, none of your business. What, what, what goes on in my family? What happens in my family stays in my family. How about that? Really? That's, that's, that's yeah, your response? That would be my response. That would be okay. my response. Now, Jerome, you are the campaign manager for Mr. Joe Biden, and you just heard what the vice president said. What type of advice did you give him on that response? I feel like you tested my skills there, Jay. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I love you, brother. I mean, you are, I'm fascinated with the fact that you used to do this. So I, I'm curious to how you would handle this as his campaign manager. Well, here's the thing. Um, I I think that he should not answer, but here, here, matter of fact, I'll give you, I'll give you an answer. Um, okay. Ask me, ask me the question seriously. And I'll so answer. you're Joe Biden. Okay. So now you're Joe Biden, and then Mr. Elias, you are his campaign manager, which I don't think that's going to be good. But okay, whatever. All right. So now you're Joe Biden. All right. So Mr. Vice President, question for you is that your son keeps coming up during this 2020 campaign season. Uh, Congressman <laughs> Matt Gates talked about how your son has had drug problems in the past and the whole nine yards. Now, we do understand that, you know, name recognition is important. Do you honestly think Americans are going to believe, you want us to believe that your son got that job based on his skill sets, his business background, or was it because his last name is Biden? Well, okay, since you asked me two questions and you threw um, some kind of drug allegation at my son, I would say this about Matt Gates bringing that up. The problem with Matt Gates is that he won't deal with his own DWI arrest as well. So it kind of strikes me weird that you would take a request somebody throwing stones at my son when nobody, as a reporter, you didn't. do you ask him that when you talk to him about his own drug arrest? No, this campaign no, sir, is about me and what him. I'm going to do, not what me and my son is going to do. I am not I am not Donald Trump. I don't bring my son and family and son-in-law into the administration that way. So you can ask me any question that you would like. Now, if you want to ask me about how boards are selected, there are a lot of companies that you can go to to ask about boards. But my son did graduate from Yale. He graduated from I he graduated from I think Georgetown Law. And when you have board members, depending on what your need is for the company is how you select board members. I'm not aware of why he was chosen or but to say if he's qualified to sit on boards is kind of silly because the board approves people who who sit on boards. So you would have to ask that company why they selected him on that particular board. <laughs> 
But to say wow. he's not qualified is just really, it, first of all, it's disrespectful because he does have a background in credentials, and he is an attorney. So if they needed an attorney who knew law as far as it, it, U.S. law was concerned, yes, you may want to have a U.S. law attorney on the board. Again, I don't know why he was or was not selected, but to ask a question like that and to preface it like he's not qualified is just irresponsible journalism. Back to you, Jay. Wow. Wow. I mean, I should have the applause cued up for that one. All right, Mr. <laughs> Campaign Manager, Mr. Elias, uh, your response to your, okay, your advice to your candidate after he gave such an eloquent uh, response to the reporter's question. Only thing I would say to him is tell him after all he said, ain't none of your damn business what goes on in my family. Right at the end. You know what? See, once again, that's why you know what, and that's why Donald Trump is president. And that's why he shouldn't be president. And you shouldn't be a campaign manager. Thank you very hey, damn look, much for that his, ridiculous his response. His people love when he says stuff like that. His people love it. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> thank goodness Stop you're it. not a campaign manager. Jeez, gee, Jiminy mm-hmm. Cricket, Jesus. Oh, boy. All right. So, okay, so I don't think there's a right or wrong way to answer. I think both of you guys, you know, I mean, Mr. Mr. Elias gave the Donald Trump answer, and then, you know, Jerome gave the very polished uh, politician's answer. But it just seems to me that now based on the answers that you two just gave, and I'll start with you first, Jerome, do you think that, I mean, do, do you think he's answering this question, these questions the right way? Because I like your answer. Because people don't understand, because you serve on a board, I mean, you know, they, they may come to you for legal advice. They may come to you for business advice. I mean, the bottom line is that you don't have to work in that industry to be able to, to add value from a business perspective, right? Business structures and processes and procedures, you know, for the most part is vanilla when it comes to, to, to different companies. I yeah. mean, you know, there may be some things you may need to know, but at the end of the day, to sit here and say that, oh, you know, you know what experience does he have in oil and gas? I know people that sit on our company's oil uh, board that, that are not from the oil and gas industry. I mean, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, to not understand that boards, you know, if you're an accountant, you can sit on a board because you can be sitting ahead of that um, that committee that watches their finances. Like, so you, right. you have different reasons why you pick people for boards. And I think that, it's, again, it's irresponsible journalism to take a Republican talking point to say that that guy is not, that he's not qualified to sit on that board because... Who is qualified to sit on anybody's board? You know what I mean? You don't go. They, you send a resume to, well, however they pick you. I mean, Oprah and those guys and Bill Gates sitting on other people's boards. They just select them because they yeah. are captains of their own industry someplace else. So they get to sit on other people's boards. But they don't. Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't need to have qualifications in that particular industry depending on what their needs are. It's, it's like being president. Technically, you can be president. It's why the founding fathers set it up this way, that you can have an elected office. You can be a judge pretty much in a small time with no law degree. You don't need a law degree to be a judge, right? And so to even understand why that exists, it's because everybody has a different need for something. I don't know what people think corporate boards are, but corporate boards aren't just people who are in that industry because they wouldn't function. Right. So if you're in a, if you have a corporation board, say you need to buy land and you're expanding, wouldn't you have somebody who understood real estate on your board? 
right? Like it just makes sense. So you don't you don't do that. I don't care if it's a not for profit or a for profit corporation. You put a board like a community center um, when they have a board, they put people on there who can raise money to make that community center function. They don't say, hey, you got any kids? Have you ever been around kids? Do you like kids? <laughs> they don't ask them questions. The, the questions are, we need to bring a board in here that's going to help sustain this uh, entity. So to say that but, but it's not for company's board. Let, let me jump in real quick because I don't want to tr- lose my train of thought because I'm getting old enough to get stuff. You just said something that, that maybe people on, the, people on the other side of the equation, on the other side of the aisle, could use to say, okay, you know, you just said you bring people in for influence. I mean, are we are, are 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 we so naive to think that the reason why this guy wasn't that this guy's on the board because of his last name, because of his connection to power, is that the reason why they brought him on? It it could be. I mean, think about it. If, if you want to access, yeah. to, no, no, no. Think about it from this way, from them, right? They're they're okay. under investigation for some foul stuff or whatever. When you bring somebody on there who can bring a name to you to that give the illusion that your company is stable. You may not Makes be using him to get influence in the United States, but he may be, they may actually want him on the board to say, listen, we're going to be more of an international company, and we're being a little bit more responsible and being stable. You may want to bring somebody in that has a name. Like That, that does not make Look sense to me why people can't see beyond that. right? Like Jared Kushner is hanging out with the Saudis, but we don't think jack of that when we just had a Saudi just go up and shoot up an air base. Like, are you crazy? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. are not processing like we should be in this country, right? Because we like sensationalism. And for some reason, Republicans are really good at, at putting something out there and making it a part of the fabric of your conversation so that people believe something that is totally not true. Because through all this, through the whole, through the whole conversation, you know, Joe Biden's done jack squat wrong. Right. They're like Biden and his son. Like he had anything to do with anything. Like he had nothing. And so they get to drag him over the mud and people are asking him questions. Like for reporters to ask, him a question about his son and and Barisma or whatever they want to ask him about his son is totally out of bounds, and they need to deal with that. And that's that's a media issue, right? Because they're saying we didn't find anything when they um, the the Ukrainians said that they found nothing, nothing could attach them to anything illegal or even unethical. So people bring up money. Well, he made all this money a month. Um, sitting on the board Well hell he lives in the United States How do you think he going to walk there Does he fly into town Like, would You you know what I mean Like, That's not his responsibility yeah. And that is that company's um, That's their decision to pay Their board members whatever they paid them Maybe they had that kind of loot 
Who knows? All right, last question for Vice President uh, Joe, Mr. Elias Biden. All right, Mr. L- uh, uh, Mr. Vice President, uh, once again, another question about your son, Biden, son Hunter. I mean, did you take this in consideration when you decided to run for office? The bottom line is, is that uh, President Obama, your former boss, said that he didn't want you getting into the race because he felt that you were going to embarrass yourself. So now, what words are, what do you have to say to President Obama for saying something like this? He don't want you to get in because he don't want you to make a fool of yourself. What do you, what do you say to, to, to President Obama if these reports are true? Well, you know, first and foremost, I would have to have a president with a uh, former, uh, have a chat with a former president and, and get his opinion before I make any assessment on what has been said. Secondly, if he did say it, everyone's titled to their opinion. And, 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 and for me to follow his advice would mean I, I'm not my own man. I'm going to follow what I feel is right and what's right for my family. But you always you say that, Mr. Vice President, but every time, every five words out of your mouth is Obama. So how can you say you're your own man when every time you, have, I mean, every time you get the opportunity to line up with former President Obama, you do. You, you invoke his name well, all the time. And we all know that the reason why a lot of the older black voters are in your camp is because you were the vice president that stood by this man for eight years. So how can you say you're going to be your own man, but every five words out of your mouth is Obama? I object. Well, you just have to, That's his campaign manager. I'm going to object. Hey, wait a minute, man. You there? Oh, no, oh, okay. No, 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 I got this one. I okay. got this one. Okay. Okay. So, right. so you just answered your own question. I've worked with this man for eight years, and if you work with somebody for eight years, you're gonna you're gonna love their policies. You're gonna hate their policies. But I worked with this man for eight years. So naming somebody that you worked with and that was in the leadership role of for eight years that you don't talk about all the time. Well, Jerome jumped in there and said, "Okay, this is last, <laughs> <laughs> last question." Last <laughs> question. I think that if you said crock, would somebody say that? Like, like, is that bite? A meeting with President Obama every Monday. He sat in the the vice president's um, position to a cabinet position. So he was active. He was co-piloting, co-pilot the ship. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. uh, Well, hold on, Vice President Joe Jerome Biden. Let me ask you the question, and then okay, Mr. Vice President. Here's my question for you. Yes. All right, so the bottom line is, is that now you just said that uh, you know you're your own person. But, no, I'm sorry, you didn't say that. Let me back up. My question for you is this, is this. Why do you think President Obama hasn't come out and endorsed you yet? Reports are that he said he didn't want you to get in to, the, to this thing because he felt that you were going to embarrass yourself. He didn't want you to get hurt. So what do you have to say about the reports that the, vice, the, the former president is saying he didn't want you in and he hasn't endorsed you yet? Well, I'm not familiar with those reports, but, you know, Barack is a fair person. And so maybe he does not want to sway one side or the other. And just like we always talk about is that everybody gets to lead their own path. So he gets to choose how he wants to endorse and when he wants to endorse. But this is too early in the process for anybody who is a former president or someone who's in those positions to endorse. So it doesn't bother me at all, and it doesn't mean anything. I still talk to him quite often. So... To know that he may have a favorite or not favored, that's 
that's really up to you guys and your speculation and people who are in political, um, um, what, do, what do you call it, the people on TV who um, just sit back and guess all day. <laughs> like, that's, that's for a talk, daily talk news cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for you guys to speculate on, but I'm not, not worried about it at all. Wow. Uh, you know what? Hey, maybe you should run for for president. My goodness. What great answers by the – okay, so now if I had to vote, I would say that the, uh, the the President Joe, Vice President Joe, Jerome Biden's response was a hell of a lot better than that <laughs> other ghetto as Joe Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw Joe Biden. Did you see um, Joe Biden's interview? I, I did, did you, I, you know, I did. I saw some of it. I saw some of it. I saw you know, some I, of it. I, I really like her. And, and yeah. I think when you start talking about reestablishing the U.S. and just some decorum uh, in this piece, look at Joe Biden. If I Just from watching Joe Biden, I'd vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden she, is, she is, is uh, and elegant and all of that perfect, good stuff, and I really She's the perfect her. surrogate for that man. She she is the perfect surrogate for that no, man. She's not all just right, so we're just surrogate, about Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, no, no, no. She, she is. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, but you're right. You're right, Jerome. I mean, she's, man. She's, she's a great. And, and the thing about just not, just not that she uh-huh. is. You know, it's like asking her for all the work that she did with the first lady. Do she uh-huh. take away from that because the first lady is not endorsing her for first lady? <laughs> like it's like they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're around each other just because they they had to. You don't see Melania yeah. hanging out with um, uh, Pence's wife. <laughs> you don't see that. Mother, mother Pence. Yeah. <laughs> well, what up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah what up? There you go. <laughs> 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 all right, we're gonna step out. NPR news update. Chatterbox on the need to know basis. All that's coming up next. You listen to the serious side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Google Fi, a phone plan by Google. Google Fi is made with features that people actually want, like no extra charges for data abroad and coverage with three networks in one. Learn more at fi.google.com. A new study in Canada shows that 14,000 Canadians have died from opioids in the past four years. Dan Karpachuk reports that experts say many of the deaths were caused by illegal drugs contaminated with toxic substances. In addition to the thousands of deaths, the study found that 17,000 people were sent to the hospital for opioid-related poisoning. The numbers come from a national advisory committee that's studying the epidemic of opioid overdoses across the country. Canada's chief public health officer says fentanyl and other synthetic opioids continue to be the major cause, and she and others say it's a complex problem that will need time to turn around. Experts say that can only come from societal changes that include more harm reduction measures and easing barriers to treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. The worst affected areas are in Western Canada, with Ontario also seeing an increase in opioid-related deaths. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow is this year's Heisman Trophy winner. Burrow won college football's most prestigious award in record-setting fashion last night, winning the vote in a landslide, and he was emotional when he accepted the trophy. Just grateful for, for the opportunity, and it's a blessing to be here. Um, there's, there's three great other options except for me. You know, they, they had incredible seasons as well, and I'm just so grateful that, you know, I had for my journey, so grateful for my journey and, and everyone that's helped me along the way. 
transfer to LSU from Ohio State. He broke out this year, becoming the first LSU player to take home the Heisman in 60 years. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Chatterbox, final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from uh, social media. I mean, man, I don't have time to read them all because we're behind. So, Mr. Elias, you got anything from the chat? Well, I guess not. You said was nobody was in there, so I guess I'll read the few that well, I have. Well, one person throw uh, it up. Okay. That was it. Well, what, 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 what comment you have? Anything? Merry Christmas and uh, bourbon at, at 11 a.m. That's what Volvo Bryce said. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> <laughs> okay. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, Bubba Wright. All right. Pastor checked in. He says, look, I am well, and thanks for all the well wishes from you and your crew. I was listening, but I was unable to type or reach out on social media. I love the role playing. You guys should do that more often. Thank you, Ms. Pastor. Friend from California, LOL, I love, love, love that last segment. I vote for Joe, Mr. Elias Biden, for president. Yeah, well, friend, you're that's, you're crazy if you vote for that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. And Butchie from Florida, I agree with Jay. Jerome should run for vice president. His responses have been better than anything that has come from the Biden camp. All right, there you go. So we have two presidential candidates right here. People want you guys to run for office. Uh, because they feel that, uh, you know, you guys are giving the right answer. And I agree. Closet, I think that man. the answer should be better. But well, not you. you. Well, you, you, your, your, your answers were horrible. Not, not you. I don't know what freaking friend was talking about. That's your opinion. Yeah, they were horrible. Yeah, they were horrible. And, and friend. You know what they said You know what they said about opinions. That's Friend, listen, you're you're the reason why Donald Trump's in office. Don't vote for this clown. I mean, he's ridiculous. Whatever. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It's time for my favorite part of the show. <laughs> the first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? For the best part of this program, buckle your seatbelts and sit back. It is time for On a Need to Know Basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome. Spree man, Jerome, what is on the agenda for this morning? Okay, you know, I was going to start off with um, some other news stories, but since Miss World competition just happened, you know, Jamaica's Tori Ann Singh has been crowned Miss World. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. A Black Miss World, a Black Miss Universe, a Black Miss USA, a Black Miss Team USA, a Black Miss United States, and a Black Miss America. Like, what kind of mm-hmm. year is this for black women? What a year, what a year, Chuck. Yeah. yeah, hey, there you go. I, I guess that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go any farther than that because Vanessa's not here. We need a we need a woman to balance this out because I'm just going to say much respect to um, Miss Miss Black World. I'm sorry, Miss World. Miss Jamaica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, man. Watch yourself, Jerome. Watch it. No women, no women in here. Watch yourself. You know, I'm really watching myself because Mariana's listening, so I just I can't disrespect women. She don't want to curse me out. I want her to sell, sell my side. All right. Um, <laughs> now, the sun 
in other news, has been eerily quiet for 264 days in a row. This is just 96 hours short of setting a new record with no surface activity since March 24. Now, a panel of experts from NASA and NOAA um, in the U.S. recently concluded that the current solar, um, solar cycle is nearing its end, and the next one will begin with um, when this freak ends. I don't know what that means exactly, but the sun's been quiet. That's uh, just doing the news. Now, uh, uh, what the hell does that mean? It's been quiet. I, I, the sun. There, the there's sun, no. Yeah, there's there's no. It, it usually emits like there's like explosions and stuff. It's a nuclear fusion. It's a big nuclear reactor. And so it usually uh, sends off noise. It has waves and all that. They're saying they can't hear anything coming from the sun like they normally do. And it always well, it makes noise. That's what it does. Well, it's because Donald Trump's president. That's why. The sun is quiet. <laughs> Which is I ain't got nothing to say about what's going on. I said, because Donald Trump's president, the sun says, look, I'm quiet. I have nothing exactly. to say about that nonsense on earth. <laughs> after, after, after the impeachment, the sun will be like, woo, I'm good. <laughs> I got it. It's back. <laughs> All right. Now, the Earth's um, magnetic north is shifting at an unprecedented rate of 30 miles a year. So they show a satellite um, positioning data and navigation systems are off course because this new, um, I guess, the world magnetic model has revealed that the Earth's magnetic north is moving 30 miles a year going towards Siberia away from northern Canada. So, okay, again, global warming, all of the other stuff. Yeah. Ain't nothing going on. Nothing to see uh, here, according yeah. to the Republicans. Like, like they say, it's not getting any warmer, is it? Uh, no. Jerome, you, you, you didn't tell me you needed a degree for this edition of Healing uh, <laughs> Needs to Know Basis. My Lord, he's using big two words. <laughs> every, every now and then, every now and then, you you got to gotta study up on some stuff. Now, uh, <laughs> there is a total... I know. I'm doing a lot of science today. A, a total of 71 species has been has been added by scientists to the list of plant and animal species on Earth in 2019. This is according to the California Academy of Sciences. So it's like 17 fish, 15 gecko, and eight flowers. You know, a bunch of sea slugs, all of that. I won't go into it. And they named one of the fish Wakanda after the movie. Black Panther. Really? One of the new fish that they found. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what to wow. think about that yet, so I'm going to sleep really? on that. Not sure. <laughs> I'll let y'all know what I think about that later. All right. Now, um, Cadillac's president has warned, um, I mean, I'm sorry, he hasn't warned, but he wants the majority of the company vehicles to be electronic by 2030, possibly even all of them. So, I don't know what somebody what it sounds like to creep up on somebody in a caddy. Those are big cars. You don't want to turn around and have a caddy right next to you. But anywho, they want to make them electric by 2030. There's a lot of jokes there. Wow. Place, I'm not gonna say that. You know, there was there was an old 1970 joke I was gonna roll in there about rolling up on people on a quiet caddy, but that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna take away from my science edition of the of the program. <laughs> All right. Now, now AI experts, this is artificial intelligence experts, warn that racist and misogynistic algorithms um, could be used to decide everything from your um, suitability for a job to whether you live or die. 
So they're saying that those algorithms are infected with biases and cannot be trusted. So when people keep saying, you know, we can we can tell if somebody's a liar by looking at their face algorithms, of course, you know wow. who's going to be the poster child of that. Really? Really? Yeah. Don't trust them. Now, um, YouTube is banning videos that attack people based on their race, gender, and sexual orientation after being criticized for failing to take action over a homophobic attack um, by on a YouTube producer. Now, the platform says that it has up, updated rules governing personal attacks and banned videos that malici- maliciously insult people based upon their race, gender, expression, or sexual orientation. So let me get this straight, YouTube. If you fight somebody, long as you don't fight them based on race, it's cool. <laughs> like that's what it sounds wow. like to me. Yeah, wow. yeah. They they're just saying if that's your reason, you can't you can't upload it. But if you're just <laughs> gonna go punch somebody in the face, that's fine. So, wow. Something's wrong with that. Really. All right. Now, um, California finds um, CVS a record three point six million dollars for failing to redeem um, deposits on recycled bottles and cans in 81 of its 848 stores in California. So they said that the largest health, the largest pharmacy health provider um, won't redeem, redeem cans and bottles at some of their locations, and I'm going to guess what locations those are, but I'm not. I could guess. But they will collect deposit, but they won't pay you. They're trying to get that money. Really? They're like, go down to Walgreens. <laughs> oh, do Walgreens own CBS these days? Can't even tell these days. All right. Uh, comedian Andy Dick, who's 53, is only served. He only served one night of jail in his 14-day sentence after he allegedly groped a woman's rear in Los Angeles, California, in 2018. He was released due to overcrowding. So, so hey, isn't he? Uh, isn't he gay? Yeah. So, okay. So here's the I'm here's not. the thing. Cosby sitting in jail for allegedly grabbing some girl's chest for I don't know how many years he got to sit in there for that. But this dude gets one night for grabbing somebody's butt. <laughs> wow. Now. There's a lot of jokes in there, too, so let me move on before Jay starts getting yeah. letters. So, a Pennsylvania appeals court rejects Bill Cosby's bid to overturn his sexual assault conviction on Tuesday over the trial judge's decision to let five other women testify. Because this was in the retrial. So, in the original trial, it was him and the woman who faced the complaint. This time, mm-hmm. they added some other women on... And that's when um, they're saying that whatever. But technically, this was child. They wasn't supposed to go through the whole thing over. And they rejected it. Cosby sits in jail. Andy Dick is not. Mm. Emphasize what you want out of that. All right. Now, Facebook tells Attorney General Bill Barr that they will not allow the U.S. authorities to access, uh, access to encrypted messages on WhatsApp messenger and instagram direct so facebook is rebuffing the the efforts of um william barr to give authorities a way to read encrypted messages 
on those messaging services. They're getting shot down all over the place, by the way. Really? Yeah. Now, there's a story. I know we don't usually talk about this, but again, as I watched TV this week, you had the two assailants who was in that deadly attack in Jersey City, um, that kosher supermarket. Now, Mm -hmm. the media report says that they were reportedly linked to the black Hebrew Israel movement, uh, which in some circles is labeled a hate group. Now, the leader of that Israelite school of universal practice and knowledge condemned the shooting, saying that the organization's chapter in Philadelphia and elsewhere adhere to a doctrine of nonviolence despite their rhetoric, right? They'll curse you out, but that's what he's saying, that the two assailants... Um, um, I'm not even going to say their names, but they said they targeted this this kosher supermarket in an attack that uh, escalated into hour, hours long of a shootout with law enforcement. And the New York Times reported saying that one of them seemed to be linked to the black his, um, Hebrew Israelite movement, but his involvement and status with the group was unclear. So NBC News Associated Press also reported a possible connection. But the attorney general of um, New Jersey's attorney general would not confirm their accounts of his possible link to group and said the investigators are still looking into it. That's why um, um, they're looking to the why and the ideologies of their of his motivations. But there's no link to him actually being in that organization. Hmm. Well, no, and so as we see it, we act as if, again, if black people yell at you, they're technically violent. And it seems hmm. like yeah. the violent guy, if you can attach them to somebody else who you don't know is of violence and attach violence to them, people are going to lose their mind. So after seeing well. these people on um, TV all week demonize them, I need to make sure I do this story. And um, like I said, it is the person who's in charge of of um, of that organization said Hebrew Israelites are the most unviolent people out of the entire black community. They do not go to jail, they do not sell drugs, and they do not go out and shoot people. We are totally against that kind of activity, and it doesn't help us one bit to go out to shoot someone. And that mm. comes from the person who runs the. Israelite school. Wow. Uh, that, that was important. Now, a federal judge in Texas blocked the Trump administration from using $3.6 billion in military funds to build the border wall. So the federal judge from El Paso, Texas, has blocked that administration attempt to use billions in Pentagon funds to continue building the border wall. So the ruling was made on Tuesday. Still can't do it. Mm. And um, Trump has also pays, um, has to pay a $2 million fine of misuse of Trump Foundation money from as his personal piggy bank. Um, but they said he could write it off, this donation, as a charitable donation. So New York State's Attorney, uh, Attorney General, Letitia, what is her name? Um, anyway, Attorney General James revealed that he had wired... Um, the settlement after admitting using the Trump Foundation money to buy a portrait of itself and a string of other abuses. So again, most people would go to jail for this, but he gets to pay it back. Now, according to 
the Christopher Steele dossier. You know, there were sex parties in St. Petersburg, paying of bribes and silencing witnesses. It's the, the claims against Donald Trump that were too wild to even put in that dirty dossier. He never even put it in there. So since the Inspector General, um, the 476-page Inspector General report on Russia, on the Russia probe, contains that additional information that the ex-British intelligence officer, um, Richard Steele, obtained, and he left out. Some which never made it to the FBI. But they're saying that there are some statements about, uh, I guess, it numbered 113 references sourced based in St. Petersburg, Russia, stated that Trump has paid bribes engaged in sexual activity in St. Petersburg, including participating in sex parties, and the witnesses all have been silenced. Oh, I'm sorry, the witnesses have been silenced. So they said bribery or coercion, um, uh, they were coerced to disappear. So they may have been paid off or whatever. But none of that new information has ever been um, substantiated. But the footnote includes information that still did not provide to the information uh, to the FBI with date ranges from July to September 2016. It does state that report um, 97. The Kremlin is concerned about political fallout from the DNC hacking. Its operations of um, is spiraling out of out of control. A source close to Trump's campaign confirms that the regular exchange of intelligence between Trump team and the Kremlin existed for at least eight years. So the Kremlin had determined not to use compromising information against Trump, given how cooperative his team has been over the years and of late. This is stuff that didn't even make it in there. You're talking about impeachment. The next president that comes in, all of this stuff is coming out. Yeah. Because and, I hope, and, let's hope that, and let's hope that it's Biden. All right, all right, Jerome, we have time for one more, brother. Give me a good one on the way out the door. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know, half of young adults struggle to tell time on a clock face with hands. So it fuels fear, fear <laughs> that traditional wristwatches will become a thing of the past. So, wow. Um, even in the digital age, they said just half of people between 18 and 24 have problems reading a, wrist, a wristwatch. Wow. Isn't that sad? That's, wow. That, that, that is a sad state of affairs right there. That, that's sad. I mean, but, you know, that's just the way it is. Technology, look, technology is wiping out the post office. People don't send letters. I mean, hey, man, technology will make you dumb. And people make can't you write in person. For your office time. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, so now it's time for our final thoughts, and the man who just had the mic continues to hold the mic. Jerome, man, final thoughts. Hey, I just want to tell, say everybody, um, have a good week. Shout out to Vanessa. Have a safe trip. And, um, you know, bring us a little something back or just bring me something. Either way, have a good trip. <laughs> hey, Marietta. Peace out, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> All right. Pistelli, yes, man, we're 90 seconds out, man. Final thoughts. Look, folks, get out and vote. You don't have a vote. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. And all, you know, rest in peace to Mayor Hatch, who passed away yesterday, the first black mayor of here in Indiana. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, man, uh, my condolences to his family. Look, all I have to say is that we appreciate you coming in here every Sunday, and we'll be back 
with, you know, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you what we think. We're going to tell you the truth. Whether you like it or not, that is your B-I-B-I business. And on that note, Mr. L-E-S, if it is Sunday and we are talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. Remember, folks, this is the season to be jolly. We'll be back here next week to bring you more on the serious side. So, for Vanessa, for Johnny D, for my main man, Jerome, and Miss Elias, I'm Jay Ross. You have a great work week. And remember, Sunday, if we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.